Welcome to the Renew Life Church Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Hello, we're on. Have we got any Aussies in the room? No, all right. I must be in the middle of America or something. It's an honor to be uh, with you today. Don't you love Keith? Isn't he on fire today? Like, uh, I love, it's an honor to be here, Leanne and Braden, Connor, like just gold, the whole team, as we meet them, Taff and I are like, these people are all good looking. Like, this is a, not just Braden and Leanne now, like everyone's so good looking and they love Jesus, even the people that I shook hands with when I first entered, um, entered the church, the love of God oozing from their face is beautiful. And so you're a special church. I want you to know that you're not just a normal church. You're not a, you know, who's been in church for over 30 years? Anyone? Who's been in church for 10 years or less? Who's been in church like for one year or less? Is anyone in that boat? Awesome. So I want to tell you, God's about to do something in the church which is going to blow our minds. And it's definitely a day where revival, where the fresh move of the Spirit of God, it's going to break out in ways that we haven't even thought of, we haven't even dreamt of. And, and, it, and God is always on the move. He's not stuck um, in a rut. He's not stuck in a box and He's not bored. Uh, he's the creator of the world. He didn't make just black and white cats. He actually made a truckload of different animals with trunks and horns and ones that swim in water, ones that go up high on mountains, and ones that fly in the air. Like God is the creative God. And today, if you can listen with your heart, He wants to create something brand new in you. Like He wants to do something that you haven't even thought of, that you haven't even had the resources to make up. Because that's what makes Jesus so good. That's why I'm not a Muslim. That's why I'm not a Buddhist. That's why I'm not a Mormon follower, because I cannot do enough things to get myself connected to God. The gospel is God created you. Like Keith said, God fashioned you in your mother's womb. He fashioned you as a person, as a woman, or as a man. He designed you for a purpose. That's where the gospel starts. The gospel starts that God knew you in the womb. His thoughts towards you outnumber the grains of sand on the sea. That's your daddy. He's not angry at you. He's not disappointed at you. He's not like disenfranchised and given up on anyone in this room. God looks at every one of you and said, my boy, my girl, I love you. I made you. I chose you. I fashioned you. Now come and connect with me. Come and dance with me. And that's where Jesus comes in. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one gets connected back to the source, the source of their father. No one can get to the father but through me. And then the Bible says he hung himself on a cross. He nailed himself on a cross and he said, I'm going to die for you. I'm going to die for your mistakes, for everything that you made, that I made. And he, the Bible says he fully absorbed that and he fully buried it. I don't know why I'm preaching the gospel at you today. We are fully buried with Christ. We are fully buried with Christ. Not half of us. 
Not a little bit of us. Not like the part of us that made it to church on Sunday or whatever. Like God fully buried every one of us in the ground, fully destroyed sin's power. Oh, but I'm addicted to pornography. Oh, but I'm addicted to alcohol or whatever. No, you are not. Sin is crouching at your door and wants to have its way with you. It's an empty balloon. It's a powerless spirit. Christ has defeated pornography. Christ has defeated alcoholism. He's defeated everything. Everything is defeated by Jesus. That's why it's good news. And better than that, the Bible says that he rose up again. He rose from the cross, not just to show off, but he rose, the Bible says, as you. I'm really preaching at you today. I'm sorry. I haven't even shown you a photo of my kids yet. You'll just have to see them another time. Christ rose again as you. What does that mean? It means that right now you are seated in heavenly places. Not when you die, not, not one day. Yes, one day you'll fully, you'll get the full expression of that. But right now you are raised with Christ. The devil's under your feet. Sickness is under your feet. It's under your kids' feet. They don't have to go to church for 10 years to get the authority. Actually, we'll show that picture of my kids. There they are. I married up. I married Taff. She made me beautiful and the children beautiful. Chase is eight. Zeke is 12. And Jaden is 10 mad soccer players the little ones like Donald Trump that's the only way I can describe it very uh, very yes it's, it's like whatever um, but here's what we're seeing we're seeing God God created everyone to step into this resurrection power right now my kids my kids have seen crazy miracles in our house in our life like I, I haven't, um, they're normal kids, don't get me wrong. They don't go to bed all the time. You know, they don't clean up after themselves at all, do they, babe? Like, well, a little bit. They're really learning some of that stuff. But I, I want to tell you, as they start to move and walk with God, they are doing crazy miracles. Crazy, crazy. One of the boys, I remember, fell off the bed screaming. Taff wasn't there screaming, ah, my knee, my knee, my knee. And I'm left there, single dad at the moment, at that time. And, um, and I'm like, oh, crumbs. What happened? Fell. So I start to pray. All right, praying for this knee. How's that feel? Ah, it's worse. You know, you prayed. It's worse. I'm like, dang it. And then I, f I get this idea just comes in. me. get Jaden to pray. Now, Jaden at that time was, I think, three. I'm like, Jades, come here. Put your hand on on Zeke and pray for his knee. So Jaden just wanders over, puts his hand on, and, and Zeke's like, Wah! and I go, what happened? He goes, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. And he starts shaking his little leg, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's gone, really? I couldn't believe it. The Lord challenged us recently, or he challenged me by a swimming pool. He said, hey, pray for your kids. You know, I, grew, I was blessed to grow up. Who are the praying mums in the room and the praying dads? I just want to honor. Let's give it up for our mums and dads who pray for our, our kids. God said, pray for your kids. Um, and I said, oh, that's a great idea. What do I pray? 
and he said, pray their prophetic gift increases. I'm like, okay, so God, I pray for Zeke, Jaden, and Chase that their prophetic gift increases. Amen. That was it. The next day, we're at the dinner table, and Zeke, who he never shares these things, he's like, the weirdest thing happened at school today. The teacher was pulling names out of a hat. And I knew the names that she was pulling out before she pulled them out. I go, dude, do you know what that's called? He goes, no. I said, that's a prophetic gift. That comes from God. God gives you the ability to see the future, to see something that's not there. That happened for him three days in a row. And then my little guy comes up to me one day. It was Father's Day and says, Dad, here, happy, happy Father's Day. It's really abrupt. And he hands me this hexagonal piece of paper. And I go, dude, what is it? Thanks. What is it? He goes, it's a watch, Dad. It's a watch. I go, oh, dude, you're the best. Thank you. I put it next to my coffee machine. It's the most holy place in my house. And I put it there just to celebrate. I get to church that night and a man walks up to me before I open the service at Bethel and says, the Lord just told me to give you this watch. And he gave me this red watch. I didn't think anything of it. And then the Lord said to me a week later, he said, you know, Chase is operating in a prophetic gift but as well, but he's not saying it, he's making it and it's happening. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, you remember when he made a house for you and for you guys and he came home from kids church and gave you. And I remembered he came home from kids church, gave us a paper house. And as he gave it to me, he goes, here, dad, here's a house for you. And we were renting at time, had no money. We're poor Aussies in America. And, um, and then a few weeks later, I put it on the fridge. I'm like, thanks, bud. A few weeks later, a friend has a dream. And in the dream, he, te- he texted me later. He said, I had a dream about you. In the dream, you and Taft took a risk and bought a house. And it was so big, people came over and felt sorry for you because you didn't have any furniture to fill this big house. And he goes, I just, I just want to give you that. Anyway, through a series of events... And some really kind friends, the day we took over the Bethel Leaders Network, we were able to step into our own house. And God said, you remember when he, he made you the watch? Well, he made you a house. Anyway, he's released some crazy miracles. Our boys, our children are powerful. Who's, um, who was the, you, you were the children's worker. What was your name? Perla. Let's give it up for Perla. We got, can I show the slide of the kids' book real quick? We got, thanks to Braden and Leanne, we got some books for you guys. God put it on my heart to um, capture testimonies. Revelation 12, 11 says the testimony of Jesus. Sorry, that's 19.10. Revelation 19.10 says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That means if God has done a testimony once, he wants to do it again and again, and again, and again, and again. And so we started capturing testimonies. Um, actually, we built an app. We've got a slide for you of the app as well, I think. We built a testimony app. So now you can actually use your testimony not only to celebrate, but as a weapon. You can actually use it and release it on the planet to shine forever. Do you know when the Israelites crossed the Jordan River, God said to them, hey, stop. Grab 12 stones, Joshua, and make a monument here so that future generations can look and go, whoa, what happened there? And they can believe 
that God could do something impossible for them again in their generation. So we've got a testimony. But this book, I feel like I'm meant to give this to you. And here's what I feel like God's about to do in the kids' ministry. Can you just stand up? I just, everyone stretch out your hands right now. I feel like you're getting picked on today. <laughs> uh, your love for kids is the same love that Jesus has. And that, that is not normal. That is not a normal, like the, the religious people today would brush kids aside. They'd say, yeah, let's get to the, we'll, we'll let them go do that and we'll do the serious stuff. I want to tell you what's about to happen in the kids ministry is going to be the serious stuff. It's going to be the stuff that this church is known for. It's going to be the stuff because it's the things that's closest to Jesus, Jesus's heart. The little ones, the ones that can't fight for themselves, the ones that see mommy and daddy arguing or see the pressures in finance or see and feel all those things in society and on the news, you're going to release a revival. You and the team are going to release a revival here into children. So I just want to thank you and I release a love across the children's workers right now. The same love that Christ has, the same love that will just cause you yeah, it caused you to, to raise up world changes. Amen. So th- Braden, um, Braden and Leanne are so, so kind. I think they've got some gifts. So, so the first families, the first people that can go out there, um, God's, got, uh, God's got a present for you. And these books are powerful. These are full of 50 testimonies the kids ones are just kids kids getting people out of wheelchairs kids casting out demons kids raising their dogs from the dead kids doing the impossible um, kids prophesying and there's other ones here who's doing outreach in high school is anyone doing outreach in high school or believe in God for their high school is there anyone reaching out in a high school here give me a wave because I can't really see you you're reaching out in your high school can you stand up Anyone else? Yeah, stand up. Yeah. Yeah, just stand up if you're... Anyone reaching out in colleges here? Is there a college that anyone's reaching out in? Just stand up if that's you. Um, make sure you guys go get Mission Edition. It's, it's going to be out there. But here's what I saw during worship. God says, I'm, I'm breaking off a spirit of fear over high school and college campus ministry. And I just saw him pick. There was this great big ugly looking spider standing at the front of the school. And I just saw him come with some tweezers and pick up that, that little, little bug and just throw it into the fires of hell. Everyone stretch out your hands to these people right now. I just release a spirit of boldness over you. Everyone just declare boldness over them right now. Come on, lift your voice. Release boldness. Release courage right now. We declare that a spirit of fear does not belong here. And that right now, God is baptizing you in fire. God is baptizing you in the fire and the boldness of a lion. The boldness of a lion in Jesus' name. The boldness of a lion. Amen. Amen. All right. Turn to Matthew 14. We better make this a legal meeting. Open the Bible. Matthew 14. (laughs) 
Right now, God is releasing double for people's trouble. Like crazy. We are seeing some of the, we're having some of the most, we're seeing some of the most opposition come against against us. Even even Bethel, some of our, our friends and families that lead that church, we're seeing some crazy attacks of the enemy. But in the midst of it all, we're seeing some of the most incredible outpourings of the Holy Spirit, some of the most incredible outpourings of the power of God. Like God is, is raising a standard. The Bible says that when the enemy comes in, comma, like a tsunami or like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises a standard against him. And so if you can hear one thing from me today, I want you to know Jesus is about to release a tsunami in your life. Jesus is about to pay back double where the enemy is stolen from. Yeah, you can get a little bit happy about that, but don't make it hype. Like actually, you need to shift your your your. I feel like a spirit of discernment is going to come on this church. The Bible says, train yourself to discern between good and evil. Train the senses of your body to discern between good and evil. That means you can, you can switch over and switch on and discern what God is doing. You can actually not only discern bad things, but you can actually discern a move of God. You can actually discern Jesus walking into your bedroom. You can actually start to feel Him with your body. Not just have Him in a black and white text in a book, which is so needed and you always come back to that, but to have Him as, as the real God that comes into your, into your body, into your mind, you see him come into your wallet. You'll see him come in everywhere. Jesus is not afraid of any storm. He's not afraid to come into any place. In Matthew 14, the context of this story is a storm just happened. John the Baptist had just been beheaded. The great John, the greatest prophet that had ever lived, Jesus said. He's beheaded. One of Jesus' friends is taken out and Jesus goes up onto the hill to be with his father. Whenever something happens, whenever you th- a, a bomb goes off, the enemy throws something at you to try to make out that he's big and tough, to try to make out that he's, he's all in control this world, just have a bit of a laugh about it. I mean, it's good. You're, you're allowed to cry as well. But don't stop there and, and be enamored by his attack. Don't stop there and make a God out of the attack that the enemy's putting on your life. Go up and be with the real God. Go up and be with, with, with your Father in heaven. It's your choice to do not only in the physical, but every day when you find yourself worrying about finances. Whoa, 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 whoa. What am I doing right now? I'm going to go back to my Father right now. I'm going to re-engage with the source of all finances, the source of everything for my family, and I'm going to believe that, that His abundance is mine. And we're called to live in this way. So Jesus models that, but then the coolest thing happens. He sends the disciples out, they jump on a boat, and then a huge storm breaks out on them. Who wants to be in that church? Who wants to be a part of the church of Jesus Christ and the biggest storm of your life? Yeah, come to our church. We'll send you out into storms. Jesus knows what he's doing with you. If there's a storm that breaks out, don't stress. 
Here's the cool thing. This is what Jesus does in storms. This is what it says. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to them walking on the sea. Jesus does not stand and look at you when the wind is blowing contrary to heaven's rule on earth, when the wind is trying to take away the promises of God in your life. Jesus doesn't stand there and go, oh, that sucks to be you. All the best, buddy. I hope you work it out. Try a bit harder. I'm just going to be up here meditating on the Word. No, Jesus comes straight into your storm. Personally. He doesn't send an angel. He comes and walks right into your family, right into your bank account, right into every part of your life where you feel a blow of the the enemy going, he's not that good. It's going to be worse. It's going to be bad. It's going to get ugly. It's going to be the worst. He's going to destroy America. Like whatever wind is blowing contrary to the voice of God, Jesus steps in there. If you're in science and there's issues in the scientific world around cancer or around whatever, if you're in teaching or education, if you're in business and there's issues, God has a solution. Jesus is walking onto those, wa- those waves that you're experiencing. Two people kind of agree with that. It's good. And when the disciples saw Jesus, they didn't recognize him. They said, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. It's a ghost. You know, oftentimes we're so stuck in our religious connection with God. We're waiting for him to speak one way, and he does. He'll speak through the word. I get so much from the word of God. We're waiting for him to speak to us in a church meeting. During worship, I get so many encounters with the Lord in those things. Never, never stop those things. But here's the invitation. God's bigger than all that. They, they couldn't recognize Jesus. Can you recognize Jesus in a storm? Can you recognize Jesus? Because I just told you he's right there. Oh, but my marriage is blown up. Oh, but no, no, no. Remember what I said. No, that's the enemy trying to get you to partner with him and believe your way into a destroyed marriage. Jesus is right there in your marriage. There is always a solution. Everybody say that. There's always a solution. Christ himself is there and he's, he's trying to talk to you. Maybe he looks a bit different. I love what Bill, Bill said this recently. He said, um, the worst thing is for a king to be present and for him to go unrecognized. This is a good day to be alive, guys. This is a fun day to be alive. Because right in your storm, Jesus wants to come and walk on water. He wants to come and play. I'm going to get my beautiful girl to come up because I want us to, to 
to release some encounters in the room. But check this out. This just happened. Um, this just happened to a family up in Oregon, connected to one of our Bethel Leaders Network um, churches. This young couple just got saved. They were very poor and not well educated. I think they had grade three or four education, so pretty, pretty tough background. And because of their background, they just got saved. They were plugged into church. Their kids were were connected. All of a sudden. All that because of their past, the government came in and said, we're taking your children away. You need to be in court on this day. So they get to court and the father's put on stand and he has to answer 30 questions perfectly. Otherwise, they lose their kids for the rest of their life. He's not educated and he's not, he's not a good speaker at all. The story goes that as soon as he sat down on the prosecutor's on the chair in front of the whole courtroom, he said, I sat down and then all of a sudden everyone went away and there was Jesus in front of me with a ball. Jesus said, here, catch. <laughs> so he caught the ball. he threw it back Jesus caught the ball <laughs> help me I don't know why I'm crying I hope you know God's not worried about your storm <laughs> I hope you know he's not one one bit worried <laughs> but what he wants he wants is you and him he wants you and him. He's had enough of you doing religious things. He's had enough of me doing those things. He just, he wants us to make him everything. He wants us to make him everything. And I'm not saying like some of you aren't all sold out. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's another level. There's another level of connection with Jesus where he's like, catch so Jesus catches the ball, throws it back, and they just start playing catch. In a courtroom, he comes to, and the judge turns to him and says, Son, you can step down now. And he's like, what? He's, he doesn't know. He's looking across the crowd. Everyone's jaws are, are dropped, even his wife. His wife's going, who is that man? She says, he goes, what happened? What, what, what just happened? And his lawyer, his defense lawyer said, what do you mean what just happened? You answered every one of the 30 questions perfectly. But more than that, you were answering the questions before he had time to ask you them. His wife said, who are you? And he said, I just was playing with Jesus. Jesus came to them in the storm. And hope arose in one of the 12 disciples, Peter. Hope arose and he said, if you're here, if you're here in this crazy storm, 
can I come and be with you? Can I come and be like you? Ephesians 5.1 says, Guys, be imitators of me. Be imitators of God as dearly beloved children. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you're so concerned about getting praise from one another. You've forgotten to receive the praise that comes from your only Father in heaven. How do we imitate God? We imitate Him when we realize that we are His dearly beloved ones. That He shouts praise over us. He shouts joy over us. He's not angry. He's not disappointed. But He wants to throw some balls to us. We hope you loved our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great rest of your day.